0: Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at VisionnWA.com. Hey. It is so good to be with you here today. I tell you, I I just um, I have such an expectancy for the meeting here today. Pastor Phil. Called me several months ago and, and asked me if I would come and, and share with you and, and just begin to pray for a specific word for you. That God would give me a word for you. That you were here, not here by accident, but God appointed you to be here at this time, right now. And for a word that, that would inspire you to fulfill his plan here on the earth. And we began to pray, and I was sitting in our, in our victory service there in Tulsa. And it was like, it was just like the Lord began to speak to me, and I began to write down. I, didn't, I don't even know what Pastor Paul, my pastor, was sharing that day, because I was writing down the word for you, that God just downloaded this, and he actually gave me two words for you. And so I'm so excited to be with you today. And so if we could pray, we're going to believe God together. That the Spirit of God would be released in every heart. The Spirit of God would be released to be received. Because, see, you have to be open to receive what he has for you. Your heart can't be hardened. You know when Jesus was speaking to the disciples and when he was when he was feeding the five thousand there in the book of Matthew fourteen chapter it tells that story. But then when he told the disciples the people don't need to go away because they were saying Lord it's late people need to go away and Jesus said no they don't need to go away. Well they're hungry. Jesus said you give them something to eat and he was trying to inspire them to believe. He was trying to speak the word of God that, that miracles can happen through you. But they did instantly look back in the natural and, oh, how could we ever do that? Jesus said, bring me the loaves and fish. But in the Gospel of Mark, it tells why they couldn't receive. In the Gospel of Mark, it explains that story in a little more detail And it says the people could not understand what Jesus was saying because their heart was hardened. They couldn't understand. And that's my prayer for you today. That your heart wouldn't be hardened. That with everything going on, all the noise that's happening, all the uncertainty that's happening, that your heart would be open to receive this morning exactly what God wants for you. Would you open your heart today? Let's just all lift our hands toward heaven and it's a sign of surrender. And I want you to close your eyes and I want you to forget about the people on the right and on the left. And let the Holy Spirit speak directly to you. That Father, you see the hearts of the people here and you see the needs. You see what's happening in their life. And right now, we choose to receive by the spirit of God, exactly what you desire that we would hear. And we would ask right now that you would give us specific direction, insight and revelation that we would know that we know that we know this is what we're to do. Clarity, crystal clear clarity that you would know by the spirit of God I know I'm to do this. I know I'm to do that. I know I'm to go here. I know I'm to do that. Amidst all the noise that God, you would speak directly to me today that I would hear from heaven. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 You may be seated. It's such an honor to be with you. As Pastor... Phil had said we'd traveled with their family. Zach and Becca are like our kids. Um, I mean, we, we traveled, we'd leave her home in January and we'd get home just before Thanksgiving. We actually traveled about 12 years on the road and reaching literally hundreds of thousands of young people committing their hearts to Christ because it was a word that the Lord downloaded me to me in a service just like this, in a conference. And I was sitting there, and my pastor previously had come into my office. I was the missions pastor. And he said, Terry, I want you to believe with me. We've got all these outreaches happening in our city. We've got all this works happening internationally. But we're not doing anything to reach the young people of our nation. Would you agree with me that God would give us a revelation? He would show us what our part would be, what we could do. And we prayed that day. And I was sitting in a service in our conference about six months later. Lisa Bevere was speaking. And all of a sudden, the Lord began to download to me. And I began to write as fast as I could. Not, not, I mean... I'm conscious. I'm I'm in the service. But God began to download his plan. And I began to write as fast as I could, page after page after page. Fourteen pages later, it stopped. And the Lord laid out this entire plan that we were to do for the next 12 years. You see, you're in an atmosphere. That's that's why I, I, I think it's so important to meet together. And I believe that's why the devil's trying to stop that. So to to keep the church powerless. But in an atmosphere like this, the spirit of God flows and you can hear from heaven on what God wants you to do. And so the Lord gave me this word here for you, the first part. And he spoke this word. He said, I want you to share with them. There's peace in the midst of a storm. You see, there's a storm raging right now. But God says, I've got peace for you. There's peace. If you can catch this, if you can understand it, if you'll tap into it, if you choose to submit your will to God's will, there's peace in the midst of a storm. And I want to share this with you very quickly. And I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 4. In verse 35, Mark chapter four and verse 35. It says, on the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, let's cross over to the other side. And now when they, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in a boat as he was. And the other little boats also were with him. And a great storm arose and the waves beat against the boat so that it was already filling with water. But Jesus was asleep in the stern on a pillow and they awoke him and said, Jesus, don't you care that we're about to die? Don't you care that we're about to perish? Somehow when you read it like that, it doesn't quite have the, the intensity of what I believe actually happened. And sometimes we miss those opportunities. And, and so I want to show you something here very quickly. Zach, come and join me here. We're, just a second. Sorry, I don't know. what You're probably doing something back there. but I want you to be Jesus here. I want you to lay kind of on these steps right here. Okay? Just kind of lay. Yeah, just kind of just. Be you sleep on a pillow on these nice soft steps? <laughs> All right. Hey, can I have you come with me? Come right up here. All right. Here, have your seat in the boat. All right. Yeah, just right there. Just anywhere. You're sitting in a boat. Hey, can I have you come too? Can you be crazy for a second? Yeah, come on over here. Have a seat in the boat. How about you? Can you come and join us? Oh, yeah. Yeah, come over here. Let's see. I need need maybe one or two other people here that can be kind of wild for a second. Yeah, we got any other? Spencer, come on up here. All right. All right, so I want you to catch the meaning here. Oh, good. Perfect. We got another one. All right. So here we go. Jesus just got through ministering to thousands and thousands of people. And he says to the disciples, now, and here you got to catch this. He's administered, the blind eyes have been opened. The lame have walked. He has performed these incredible miracles. And now he says, let's cross over. Let's get in this boat and cross over to the other side. And he falls asleep because, I mean, he probably got up early praying. He's been praying for all these people. Man, he's just, he's just tired. So here, he's just in this boat, he's just asleep on a pillow. And now all the, you know, their are boats taking them here to the other side. And, and, you know, all of a sudden it's like, hey, you guys see those black clouds way over there? Wow. Have you ever been on water when there's a storm coming? I mean, it's pretty amazing looking, actually. But, I mean, it's way off in the distance. And, wow, you can even say, you know, some lightning and stuff. Wow, look at that, man. It's so cool. You guys seeing that? I mean, are you seeing this? Yeah, It's crazy. But, look, but wait, hey, that storm looks like it's coming to us. Are you kidding me? I mean, look, man, the wind starts to blow. I mean, the wind starts to blow. Okay, the boat starts kind of, starts rocking a little bit. And now here comes all this wind. And now it's dark above us. And now it starts to rain. And now the waves start beating against the boat. Okay, all right. Yeah, now... Because water starts pouring in, okay, now fear starts to grip your heart, all right? Starts to grip you. Now you start talking to each other, oh my gosh, we're going to drown, oh my gosh, we're about to die, okay? I mean, just get crazy for a minute, talking to each other, tell them, yeah, but see, Jesus is still asleep on the pillow, look at him. And they start looking at him and say, man, the the dude's sound asleep. Are you kidding me? Somebody better wake him because I'd hate for him to drown being asleep. Say, get up. See, so they're screaming, okay? They're screaming. They're, They're just literally out of control. Water is filling this boat. And now fear has gripped their heart to the degree, okay, that they literally feel they're about to drown, Literally all hope is lost, okay? And so they wake Jesus up and they say, don't you even care that we're about to drown? Don't you even care? How could you be asleep during this time? How could you be so peaceful during this time? We're about to die. That's the setting for what just happened here. But Jesus wakes up. Stands up at his boat, checks, he, he looks at the situation, and then faith arises in his heart. And he says, He points to the storm, and he says, Peace be still. Okay, but I want you to say it like he would have said it. Oh, man. What it? Uh, <laughs> peace be still. So he speaks directly to the storm, and he says, "Peace, be still." He takes authority over this environment. So you have to catch what just happened here. All of these groups just—they just witnessed incredible miracles, signs, and wonders. Jesus says, "Let's go to the other side." Now, how many of you, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. You'd believe you'd make it. Huh? But wait, a storm arises. Okay. Now a few of the people in the boat start to get concerned and they start yelling the loudest. We're about to die. We're going to die. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Do you think we're going to die? Do you think, oh my gosh, you know what? We might actually die. This might actually happen. So they start talking among themselves where, where just it was just a few who started or even just one. Then it spreads to two. Then it spreads to three. Then it spreads to the entire boat. We're all going to die. You see, that's what fear does. That's what fear does. But then as you continue to read in the scripture... Jesus says, peace, be still. Yeah. And the Bible says a great calm came over the sea. The clouds begin to part and the sun began to shine. That storm just dissipated and left. Yeah. But then he turns to the disciples and he says, how is it that you have no faith? How is it? How can that be? What you've just witnessed, what you've been a part of here. How can that be? How can that be that you have no faith? Now, wait a minute. In Romans 12, three, it says that God has deposited on the inside of every person a measure of faith. Okay, that's given. Every person has a measure of faith. But wait a minute, Jesus just said, how is it you have no faith? Can I suggest to you this? Fear is so powerful. Fear is so strong. If you yield to it, it will rob you of every ounce of faith you have. And you will lose all hope. That's what's trying to happen in our nation right now. They're trying to rob you of every ounce of faith that you have because of a few people yelling and screaming and saying this or that. Mm, If you yield to it, you'll lose all hope. Well, I guess it's just the way it's going to be. That's what the devil's hoping you'll say. But see, when you speak to the storm when you speak to things that are happening in your life, when you declare the word of God over it, yeah. all of a sudden as faith begins to rise up. Now you activate the spirit of God on the inside of you and it changes that natural. Yeah. And you can have peace in your storm. I want you to stand very quickly. Thank you all. You can go back to your seat. Stand real quick. And I want you to think about the storm you're facing right now in your life. And it might be several. Maybe it's financial. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you're going through a great difficulty in your marriage or with your kids. Maybe, maybe you don't have money. Maybe you're so fearful of, of the future. You don't know what's happening. But right now, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to see on the inside of you. And let the faith of God rise. Let it rise right now. And whatever you're facing, whatever the difficulty, whatever storm is raging in your life, in your mind, in your heart right now, I want you to speak the word of God over it and declare what you believe to happen. That Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, that they would begin to speak to their storm. Just between you and God, just speak to it right now and declare what you believe to happen that God is powerful enough to change whatever you're facing whatever degree whatever you're we're going through right now the spirit of God is powerful enough to change your situation whether you need a job father i thank you for that perfect job whether you need money whether you whatever it is maybe there's addictions or habits or or there's anger issues, or, or you're just so angry right now at what's happening. Peace to your heart. You see, that's how powerful the Word of God is. That if you will declare over your life, you can have peace in the midst of this storm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's the first part of what God wanted to speak to you this morning. That you can know and understand. He said, I got your back. That regardless of who's in office, regardless of what happens, I still am the Lord over your life. I still will take care of you. You don't have to be in fear. But if you'll keep believing the word of God, and you'll allow him to be to Truly, Lord of your life, you can live the most amazing, incredible life. You may be seated. The second thing here that I want to share with you, and that I feel instructed to share. I felt the Lord say this to me. To be able to ask you. To be able to fulfill God's plan. To be able to live in the center of his will. You have to ask yourself this question. Am I willing to do whatever God asked me to do? Would I be willing? Whatever God asked me to do. I was sharing this with a person once and, you know, and I, and I told him, I said, you know, I told the Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do wherever you want me to go. I'll go whatever you want me to say, I'll say, he said, Oh, Terry, I I could never do that. I'm so afraid God might send me to Africa or something. I said, oh, brother, you don't have to worry. Because if you're not willing to do what God asks you to do, he'll never ask you. But you'll just live with the void knowing you never lived to the fullness of what God had for your life. You'll have that void. I lived with it for years until I totally surrendered to his will because i always knew there was more i always knew there was more but i didn't understand how to access it how to tap into it and i remember the lord was had given me this vision about starting a new company and he gave me this word he said because of your giving i'm going to show you how to start a multi million dollar company using kingdom principles Because of your giving. You see, your giving will release the provision of God. Your your giving triggers the release of God's abundance into your life. And the Lord said, because you're giving, I'm going to reveal this to you. Because I want you to start this company to be able to fund the gospel. But you have to do it under two premises. Number one, you can't borrow money. Now, it's not sin to borrow money. But he said, I just want to show you how to do it according to the kingdom so that you could do it debt-free. Number two, he said, you can't be personally liable for any of the debt. No personal guarantees, no letters of credit. He said, I'll show you how to do it. I'll work these miracles if you'll follow my instruction. Just a quick sideline. Bill Winston tells the story of when he was buying his church in Chicago. Great great man of God, huge church. They were buying a mall in Chicago to to change it into a church because their church was exploding. As he was negotiating with the mall people, they were asking $12 million and the Lord told him you could get it for four. And so, but he was embarrassed because he's sitting with all of these suits across the table. And and they said you know we want 12 million and he said oh you know and he I, I you know that's way out of our league and whatever. And and so okay anyway they were negotiated down. They negotiated okay we'll do 10. No, I'm sorry. We'll do 8. No. All right. All right. Last offer we'll do 6 million. Oh lord. I know you told me 4 but now he says this so I'm not talking bad about it. But he just said I feel like if I don't take it, I'm going to lose it. And he said, I'll take it. And he signed all the paper, all the paperwork. And then he said this. He said, could I just ask you guys something? Now that we're all done, what were you authorized to take for this mall? And they said, we were prepared to go to 4 million. So that disobedience, he said, cost me $2 million. $2 million in purchasing this property. You see, when we're obedient to do what God asks you to do, ask us to do, he will prepare the way he'll speak to people's hearts and he'll show you exactly what you need to do. So when I'm putting my company together, the Lord revealed to me how to do it. And he led me every step of the way, but it was a step of faith because it didn't look like it was going to happen. It looked like, and, and so I was having, as I'm meeting with investment people during the day, I'm mowing grass, I'm raking leaves. I'm trying to do everything I can to keep food on the table because I'd quit my job too early. You see, God had the provision there all the time, but I got ahead of God and I quit. And so as I, as I quit then and winter began to come, I was doing some work for a gentleman and, and he said, um, he said, now, you know, he was asking me what I was doing. And, you know, I told him I had this dream of starting this company, but I said, winter's coming on. I've got to find indoor work. And he said, well, my company, I, I, we could hire you. So he said, here, gave me a card. And he said, go see this guy. I go see the guy. It's a big, huge, massive medical facility. They've got a hospital attached to it. He said, go see this guy. So I went and saw him. I gave him, the, you know, and card, and and I'm thinking I've got all my construction stuff with me and hammers and all the tools in my truck, and and I'm thinking I'm going to be doing construction stuff. And he, and he he said, okay, let me go get everything that you need. And he pulls up this this cart, and it had mops and brooms and disinfectants and cloths. And I'm like, what is that? He said, these are your tools. He said, you're in charge of cleaning the the fourth and fifth floor. But what? I thought I was going to be doing construction stuff. I said, no, you're going, to be, you're going to be vacuuming and cleaning and mopping and everything. And I heard the Lord just say, I thought you said you were willing to do whatever I ask you to do. I didn't even tell my wife I was doing custodian stuff. She still thought I was doing handyman building stuff but I began to clean those floors. And so they, they took me and showed me the job. And so we went into this one room and I mean, so in, in an outer room, we had to put on this space suit. I mean, it was a full hazmat suit, yellow, big, big cover head glass thing. I mean, you're, you're locked into this thing so that no germs can get to you. I'm thinking, what in the world? Both of us, okay, dress up in this. And he said, you have to do this every day. He said, okay, let's go into this next room. In the next room in the center of the floor was this huge vat. And it had a big round uh, turn thing out here and you had to turn it. And And then it had a handle and you lift it up. And when it lifted it up, oh my gosh, I quickly, I just, man, I almost lost it. And I turned to the door. I said, I'm not doing this. Because he said, your job is to empty this vat every day. Had this massive plastic container. You got to gather it up and lift it out. And, and then there was a special place that you took it. You ever wonder where all the blood, all the amputations, all the operations, you ever wonder where all that stuff goes? I found out. And my job was to empty that every day. And I turned to the door and said, no, uh, I'm done. Uh-uh, I'm done. I am not doing this. And I go to open the door and I heard the Holy Spirit say, I thought you said you were willing to do whatever I ask you to do. Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> now you got to know our story too. We were completely out of money. I mean, we, we were, we were living on $5 a, a week for groceries. I mean, we had no money while we were putting this thing together. But we were just trusting God. And as I went to leave, I heard the Holy Spirit say that. And I said, yes, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you ask me to do. And I turned and I said, finish showing me what I'm to do. And for six months, I emptied that vat every day. While we were still putting everything together. But here's the thing. You see, when God orchestrates these encounters therefore a greater purpose in the midst of all of that i found my supervisor was an alcoholic and it was a lady that man she was just really struggling with alcohol and and then there were other people that i worked with in that facilities area that god opened the door for me to pray and minister jesus to them and then i found out that the guy that had given me the job it was a test because he called, me, he called me six months later to come and meet in his office. And as I met in his office, he said, I've offered that job. People have told me I'm willing to do anything. I've offered that job to about eight or nine different people and not one of them stayed. And I have called every week. Is he still there? Is he still there? Is he still there? It was a test. He then told me, he said, I want you to go get your business plan.'" And he said, I'm going to send you over to the bank across the street that we own. And they're going to help you work everything out. And they helped me do work everything out that I needed to do. And within a few months later, we opened our company. See, I would have never had that opportunity had I walked out that door. And so we have to be willing. Are you willing? And that's the that's the word the Lord Told me to ask you, are you willing to do whatever God asks you to do? The second thing is, would you be willing to grow your faith and your ability to believe? Are you willing to grow your faith? Because it takes work. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. It takes you focusing in. See, hearing the word of God. Now, you may not know this. I don't know, Zach, I'm going to brag on you and tell on you at the same time. All the years that we traveled, I had no idea till I roomed next to Zach and I could hear three in the morning, Kenneth Copeland preaching the word. I'm like, what in the world? And so I I go in, Zach sound asleep every night. He listens to the word of God all night long to faith filled preachers and ministries to build him up, to hear from the word of God, to grow his faith. That so inspired me. I mean, just to see that. But you see, would you be willing to grow your faith and there's another key, your ability to believe because all things are possible to what? To him who can believe. All things are possible. All things are possible to you if you can believe it. How many times do people say, oh, I can never do that. Oh, I don't believe that. And they cancel out. In their mind, because they could never believe what God would ask them to do. You see, they, they, you have to be able to tap in. If you can increase your ability to believe and you grow your faith, nothing will be impossible to you. I was speaking to our, uh, our Bible school students. Our pastor was, was traveling, and he asked me to teach his class on faith. I had his notes, and I'm teaching. And In the middle of it, I hear the Lord say, ask him this question. How many of you, because it's just the beginning of the year, and, 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 he said, and he said, ask him this question. So I said, how many of you Bible school students, there's about 100 of them in the, in the class. How many of you that you know right now that your faith is at the level it needs to be in order to be able to fulfill what God's put in your heart? That you know your faith is at the level it needs to be because you're all in full-time ministry here. This is second year Bible school students. God has got amazing calling upon your life and you're about to step out. How many of you have grown your faith to the level it needs to be in order to fulfill what God's put in your heart? Three people raise their hand. I said, oh, I got good news for you. The year is just starting. Use this year to grow your faith. Use this year to press into God. Use this year to hear the voice of God and and the word of God to grow so that when you graduate, you can immediately step in to what God has for you. Everybody's, ah, yeah, yeah, that's so exciting. In May, my pastor was traveling again. And he asked me, he said, would you teach my class? I think it was the last class before they graduate. So I'm teaching and all of a sudden it was like, I wait, wait a minute, this is that class. I asked way back in September. I said, hey, how many of you now are going through the full year here? Second year Bible school students called ministry. How many of you now have grown your faith to the degree to where now you can go and fulfill what God's put in your heart? The same three people raised their hand. I went, what? I I had to take a step back. I said, what? I didn't understand. And then I heard the Lord say, it's a hunger issue. They really don't want it that bad. I thought, how sad. Because God has this incredible life for each one of us. That if we'll just allow him to speak to our heart. And then we simply obey what he asks us to do. Literally, nothing would be impossible to you. Number three, would you be willing to see what God sees in you? Would you be willing to dream the dream that God has for you? I want you to turn with me very quickly to Joshua chapter 6. I want to show you something here just real quick. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see. Okay. The Lord said to Joshua, see. So the Lord says to Joshua, see. They're standing in front of the, the most fortified city on the face of the earth. He's brought the children of Israel to this city. And God said, Joshua, I want you to see. Because if you can't see it on the inside of you, what I'm about to tell you will not make sense to your natural mind. You have to see it here first in order to be able to carry it out in the natural. You have to see it. And then God continued to speak. And he said, I've given Jericho into your hand. It's king and it's mighty man of valor. And you shall march. And then he begins to give him the plan. You'll march around the city and all your men of war. And you shall all go around the city once. And this shall you do for six days. But then on the seventh day, you march around it seven days. And then you shout and the walls are going to come down. Now, I don't know about you, but that would make me kind of scratch my head. If, you know, it would be like this right here. Okay, let's say the Jones Center is wanting to build a different, a larger auditorium. And, you know, they've been so gracious and so amazing here in the city. We want to help them out, all right? Because they've got to tear this building down. There's going to be a huge cost to that. And so here's what we're going to do. We're We're going to go out and march around this building, okay? With all of you, okay? All right, we're going to go march around the building seven times, and when I say shout, you Shout! And we're, this building's going to come down and we're going to save them lots of money. Now, who's with me? Do you see how crazy that sounds? But God said, Joshua, you've got to see it on the inside of you first. You've got to believe it. And then he said, I want you to carry it out. Now, just like here, the people in the boat, the one person starts, we're going to die. Oh, man, look at, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. We're, oh yeah, yeah, I think we're in trouble too. Oh yeah, oh my gosh. And then they're all screaming, we're all going to die. Joshua does something brilliant here as, he's, as the Lord instructs him. He does something brilliant. Down here in verse 10. Because what would happen as people, okay, they're going around for six days. Okay, they're walking around. What do you think people are going to be saying? They're going to be running their mouth, aren't they? Oh, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we, we got to go around this again. Oh, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Man, what if they start shooting arrows at us? Oh my gosh, this is just crazy. This doesn't make sense. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? I'm I not following. Hey, let's don't follow them anymore. Okay, let's get a whole bunch of people and let's revolt against it because this is the craziest thing I have ever heard. Would that not be happening? God foresees that. He instructs Joshua in verse 10. Now, Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I command you to shout. He forbid the people to speak so that they couldn't cancel what God was wanting to do. And that is so important for you to surround yourself. Because I don't know, I mean, I know that sometimes I've shared things. I mean, look at what happened to Joseph when he shared his dream. You know, his brother sold him into slavery. And there's always going to be people that are going to, number one, be jealous of the faith that you have when they see you operating in what God is, God is doing amazing things. There's going to be a lot of people jealous of you because they're not willing to do that themselves, okay? Yeah. So therefore, they want to criticize you or try to bring you back down. And they will do whatever they can. And many times, it's loving people. It's relatives. It's close friends. Yeah. And you share what you feel like. Oh, I feel like God told me to do this. Man, what, oh my gosh, I know somebody did that and they died. They starved. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Man, you are not hearing straight. You do that and you're going to starve. You do that and you're not going to be able to provide for your family. You do that. I mean, I see, they, give, they start giving you all this advice now. They don't know what God said to you. And that's why it's important that you would carry out what God speaks to you. And the vision that he places in your heart. And then you discern and, and be you know, that you would know who you're to share that with and who you're to not. But even if you share it with people and they don't get it, you don't hold that against them. But it's just don't let that influence you on what God says. Yeah. So here, as Joshua is going around, the Lord said, I want you to see. See what's in your heart. See what I've said. And as they went around that seventh time, the, they shouted and the walls came down. God conquered the most fortified city on the face of the earth. And word began to spread how powerful God's people are. That's what our world's looking for today. See, we are not to cower back. But we're to fulfill what God's put in our heart. The world is waiting to see and to watch. Do you really believe what you speak? Pastor Phil, come up here just a second. Nicole, come with him. Here's what I want you to understand. God speaks something to your heart. You begin to see it. What's God speaking here for Vision Church? What do you see? What do you see on the heart right now? Man, I just, I tell you what I see. I see every seat filled and I see the Holy Spirit coming in here on Sunday mornings and his presence filling this place to such a degree the restoration happens, healing happens. Uh, people begin to hand other people money that know that they need it. God begins to do above and beyond what we could ask, hope, or think. Yeah.
1: I see people coming in here who are broken and they're leaving whole. That families are coming together. I see Tommy Running around this place, lifting his hands, helping out. I see that. God sees us where we're going to be. He doesn't see us where we're at right now. He sees us where we're going to be. And I could call out names and I won't, but God sees you where you're going to be. So don't stop. Build your faith build your faith. What what Terry's telling us to do, we have to do on a daily basis. We have to get in the Word. We have to feed ourselves. We don't just read the Word to read the Word. We read the Word to build our faith. What you put in your ears will feed your heart. So if you're lacking in your faith today, what have you been putting in your ears? What have you been putting in your heart? So listen and be willing to say yes. Does God have your yes before he, before he even asks? Because if he does, he's gonna fashion your future so amazing, so amazing. Don't limit God. Don't limit God to your location. Don't limit God to what you don't have in your hands right now. Give God your yes and continue to build your faith.
0: You see, that's what God's doing here. How many of you know people that need to hear that right there in your life? Yeah, we're surrounded at work, family, people that need to be encouraged, people that need to be fed, people that need to be inspired to live the greatest life possible. That's what God wants to do. And so you can agree with him that every seat would be filled. When we pastored in Russia, we had a, a, a huge auditorium, it was a movie theater, and the balcony was all empty. And, and most of the bottom was full, but wasn't completely. But the Lord said, I want, you to, I want you to see this church full. I want you to see that because it means more people you can minister to. I want you to see that balcony full. And so I began every service. I would have everybody stand. And I would say, I want you to speak to the people in the balcony. Now, it's speaking through an interpreter. So they're like, what? I mean, people thought I was crazy. I want you to speak to the people in the balcony. And I want you to tell them you should have got here early. You could have sat on the floor with us. And they begin to have fun with it every week. And then they begin to catch it. They begin to see the balcony full. And they begin to speak to those empty seats. It wasn't very long before they were standing room only because every person said, I've got friends that need to hear this. I've got friends that need to be inspired. I've got friends that need to be helped. And they began to invite people and they began to come. And God began to do amazing, incredible things through through that city. But I got the last one here. Would you be willing to live with generosity? Would you be willing to live a generous life? The Green family who owns Hobby Lobby has this family motto, to love God intimately and to live extravagant generosity. They are the most, probably one of the most giving families in the world because they live extravagant generosity. And you're surrounded by people that are needing help. And I remember I was at a grocery store and, and I was ministering to a pastor that was going through a, a real difficult time. And my son Daniel was with me and he's putting all the groceries on. And, and I'm not really paying attention, but I'm, there was a, a young lady and two small girls. And they just finished ringing them up and the girl, lady handed her credit card and she's swiping it. You know, and I'm talking to the pastor and the, and the cashier said you need to swipe it again you know okay that's that's not good he gets another credit card swipes it not so she said I only have just a little money so they started bringing stuff back out of the cart and started swiping it back and and I'm like I'm seeing it but it's like it's not computing and all of a sudden I see what's happening and I told the pastor listen I have to call you back and I, I said, excuse me, excuse me, ma'am, the cashier. Now, I want you to go ahead and swipe all that back through. And then I, we just had a few items. And I said, then add these to it, and I'm going to pay for the whole bill. And the woman said, oh, we, we, we can't pay you. I'm, I'm, and, and, the, and the cashier's like, what? You want to do what? I said, I'm going to pay for her groceries. Well... Just a minute, I got to call the manager. I got to see if we can even do that. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? She calls the manager. Uh, This guy wants to pay for her groceries. Why would you do that? I said, because she's in need and I want to help her. Okay, make sure his card's good we pay for the grocery, but here's what blessed me the most. My son, Daniel, at 14 years old, he said, Dad, I saw you were on the phone. I heard you ministering. And he said, I was just about to ask you, could I use, could I pay for her groceries? You see, that blessed me more than blessing the woman. As we saw the woman out in the parking lot, we began to minister to her. And we begin to let her know of our church. We begin to let her know of a loving God who would care for her and take care of her and his girls. Because I also heard a girl saying, Mommy, oh Mommy, aren't we going to eat? Aren't we going to eat tonight? We're hungry. You see there, we're surrounded by people like that right now. Would you be willing to have your ears open to people's needs and then let God let use you to be the answer? You see, when you live your life that way, you will never lack. I promise you. When the Lord spoke to me because of your giving, you see, he sees that. If you remember, there's a number of scriptures where he sees the woman at the well who gave the, just the one coin. But Jesus said she's given more than all the others. You see, God pays attention to, To your giving, He pays attention to your generosity. He pays attention to your heart. And there are so many people right now in need. If you'll allow God to flow through you, and you begin to release, the Lord spoke to me years ago to be generous to minimum wage people, people in like wait staff and waitresses and people in the service industry, to be generous. And I remember the, lady, the young lady was waiting on our table and we were talking to her and, and, and anyway, just talking and said, well, what do, you, what, do you, what do you feel that you're here for? She said she was from another state and what brought you here? I was gonna to go to Bible school, but I couldn't get in the school that I wanted to and I don't have the money. Oh, she began to tell us that story. And so I I left a tip larger than our meal, just blessing her. She chased us out of the restaurant and was just crying, thanking us so much. And I'm sorry, that's when I said, that's when she told me what she wanted to do, to go to Bible school. And I picked up the phone and I called our Bible school director. And I said, we wanna take care of this young lady She'll be there Monday. Who does she see? And we covered her Bible school. It changed her life. You see, God wants to use you to bless people. And if you do, you will never lack. I promise you, whatever God tells you to do, he will surround you with the people, the resources, the material, everything you need to carry out what he's put in your heart. You'll never lack. If you'll live with generosity, generosity, I want you to stand right now and I want you just to close your eyes if you would. And I want you to think about what's God speaking to you? What's he speaking to you? Because this is the final word he wanted me to tell you tonight, today. And it's about total surrender. Because when people receive Christ perhaps you received Christ years ago but here's what I found in me that I was really only living probably 70-80% sold out but I was holding on to fleshly things you know because I could never surrender everything to the lordship of Jesus Christ as a believer I just still hold on to stuff and I was at a conference in Peru with another pastor and he's ministering and all of a sudden he stops right in the middle. And he asks the people, about 2000 people in the auditorium and, and he says this to him. And he says, how many of you right now are living your life and you're involved in things that you know that are not godly? You're doing things, you're thinking things, you're watching things, you, but you know You know they're wrong, but you continue in it. How many of you would be honest with yourself and say, that's me? 98% of the people raised their hand. And the pastor turned to his interpreter and said, oh, listen, I I need you to say exactly what I say because I don't think they understood. Pastor, I said exactly. Let me rephrase it because I don't think they quite understood what I was asking. So he rephrased it and and he speaks to them and he says, how many of you you know that you're involved in things. You know that that you know you've allowed your life to 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 include things that you know are not godly. You know they're not. Whether it be anger or, or you know or, or unforgiveness or but you're holding on to it, but because you you just can't release it to God, and you're holding on to it. But you know it's wrong, but you continue in it. How many of you? The same ninety-eight percent of the people raise their hand. <sighs> I took a step back as I'm on the platform with him and I heard the Holy Spirit say that's why that's why I cannot move among my people the way I desire that's why we're not seeing the signs and the wonders and the miracles today because people won't give me everything they're holding on to parts of their life they're holding on to fleshly things that continue to send them down a path that is not of me fell to my knees on the platform now I'm one of the speakers in the conference been a believer for 100 years but I fell to my knees that day because I realized I had not given God everything I was still I had allowed things to creep in and I was still holding on and I fell to my knees that day and I said Lord I want everything you have on everything I give you everything I surrender I surrender Thanks for listening to this week's message Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud Just search Vision Church If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.